0: Welcome to another edition of Stokes and Folks. I'm your host, Spencer Stokes, and I'm joined today with former Senator Howard Stevenson, who uh, is our guest in studio today. And today, for those that may have listened to past episodes of Stokes and Folks, we spoke a little bit about Howard's um, Senate life. We spoke uh, a little bit about Howard's... um, Taxpayer Association life. But I think today promises to be the best episode uh, speaking with Howard Stevenson, because we're going to be talking about what Howard Stevenson uh, did while in the state Senate with regard to education. And I, and I, you know, (laughs) I heard all of the, uh, I've known, I think I, I've known you for many, many years. Many. And, um, you know part of the time I knew Senator Stevenson, he was kind of a swear word in the world I came from because <laughs> because i was I was on the side of credit unions, and Howard Stevenson was the credit union nemesis. Uh, because he was from the taxpayers' association, and he, the form, you know, his former uh, employee Howard Headley was uh, at the bankers' association, and of course we had conspiracies about that, and you know he continued to recite the line, "Why don't credit unions pay taxes?" And it used to just bug the <laughs> stuffins out of us, but we just came back from lunch and saw the president of the Utah League of Credit, Utah Association of Credit Unions, now. Uh, Scott Simpson. And they had a really nice uh, cordial exchange and and genuinely like each other. So I I knew Howard as an SOB in the beginning of my career. And then I knew Howard as the nemesis of public education (laughs) at the time, and then went on to serve on the state school board and really came to know howard stevenson as an innovator in in public education and i just want to know how how it all how it all started i mean how did you take up kind of the gauntlet of uh public education and approaching it in a in a different way
1: well it started i guess in my own education in rural utah and uh being in a graduating class of twenty-two, not nineteen twenty-two, but twenty-two <laughs> students, I may look that old, but uh, and in Fredonia, Arizona, I had to take correspondence courses to get call to, to get high school transcript that would qualify me for a good college admission, and I thought, man, something's wrong here. You know, taking trigonometry by mail. That's it's ridiculous. It it was nearly impossible to do to really learn trigonometry without a teacher because our school was so small, we didn't have a teacher who could do it.
0: And, and, and not only not only that, but you but there wasn't the internet uh, at the time. And if there was the yeah. internet, even an, it wouldn't be have been available in Fredonia. That yeah, we can th- guarantee I th- you that. I
1: think Al Gore, the inventor of the internet, was just a kid at the time, <laughs> right? So, exactly. Yeah, it hadn't been in invented yet. But uh, then when I got to college, I qualified for BYU, and I got a full-ride scholarship, and I was just thrilled to be there. Uh, and my undergraduate major was educational psychology. I wanted to find out how we can get every kid to be proficient in reading, writing, and math. Which which is,
0: when, when you told me that you had had your undergraduate degree in educational psychology, I about fell off of my chair because that certainly wasn 't the way that you were port- you were portrayed uh, up at the capitol that you had any idea um, what went on with public education, yeah you know yeah. prior to me being on the school board it was it was Howard Stevenson was the, um, what, what, was the, the name of vendor, the vendor
1: bill Senator. Yeah. Uh, and, and he just, cares more he, about software, educational software vendors that he does about kids or teachers. Right. Right. And he just wants to pad his wallet. In fact, they even had uh, this conspiracy that my sons were making millions on selling, Uh, educational software, which none of them were, (laughs) uh, or even sell, uh, even in that marketplace. Uh, But, uh, and I remember uh, early in my career when I was the Darth Vader to the education community, the School Boards Association actually had as one of their six goals for that year to defeat Senator Howard Stevenson in his reelection bid and find a suitable replacement. Those were the words. Uh, I mean, that was an official uh, goal of the school boards association and the teachers union gave me a vote of no confidence. I don't know that they've ever given a legislator a vote of no confidence. And so uh, I well, was, they probably haven't had confidence in them, but they'd
0: never taken a formal vote.
1: Right. <laughs> so um, so it was a long uh, journey to to gain the confidence of educators in general. And uh, my colleagues as well.
0: What was the first? What was the first piece of uh, education legislation that you ever ever ran?
1: Uh, it was probably a school choice bill, and also the bill to defund the unions. From the unions were uh, in those years able to get the taxpayers to collect their political contributions for them. Uh, on a dues checkoff, piggybacking on the regular union dues checkoff, you had this other checkoff. And, and by the way, they, they had an in with the school boards at that time that if a teacher signed up under duress as, as the union representatives came around at the beginning of the year before school started and teachers had those five days to get up to speed and they got pressured by the union representatives in their school on school payroll time, to sign the card and uh, pay your dues. It was a, it was a payroll deduction yes. that came out of your paycheck that
0: the state government was collecting. I, I remember this was sure. a super controversial mm-hmm. piece of legislation because this was, and this took several years for it, I think yeah. to get passed. It but so you were much. striking at the heart of um, the the UEA yeah. in the which, state, which
1: had the fear. They put the fear of God into legislators because they were the biggest PAC political action committee in the entire state of Utah at the time, involved in legislative races. and U, so
0: UPA was right there with them, Utah UTA Public was Employees right Association. There and they also
1: had to do checkoff. Right. And so, long story short, we got the bill passed. I, I took it to the American Legislative Exchange Council in their San Diego conference this week in Salt Lake, their meeting also, uh, and uh, and made it model legislation. We weren't the first state to pass it. But we finally did pass that when somebody smarter than me called it paycheck protection. And so it passed in multiple states and every federal district court uh, judge struck it down as unconstitutional limited, limit of free speech. So we joined with Idaho, the taxpayers association and the state of Utah joined with Idaho on what was called the USURSA case that was very similar to our bill that had been struck down by the district court. We took the Idaho bill all the way to the U- US Supreme Court and either, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg agreed with us that government has no business collecting political contributions for anybody so it and went so,
0: all the way to the to the United all, States Supreme yes. Court all the way. Do you do you remember what the uh what the decision was? How many It was
1: 5 to 4, I believe.
0: 5 to 4, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the side of the majority.
1: Yes. Wow. It may have been 6 to 3, but uh, it was there there were Do you remember f- what year that was? Um it was probably uh, I don't. I don't uh, remember. I but, I, need, I need But to but in the, the
0: but in the 90s, I think, wasn't it? Or was it early two thousands? It was the two thousands. Two thousands, okay. And so, because uh, I, yeah, uh, I remember, I remember you wanted. I mean, if you could get the endorsement of UPEA or UEA, you you knew that was going to come with a rather large check.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from
0: from their pack,
1: or if you didn't do their wishes, it would be a rather large check going the other to direction. Opponent, and a lot of legislators were afraid of that. So uh soon after that the uh UEA pack isn't even in the top 10 uh the realtor pack is the biggest in the state now but the UEA uh, is a whimper and uh legislators are no longer concerned that they're going to take them out with cash in the next election was
0: this was this prior to the voucher run or was this or this, was this, this was after
1: I believe it was prior to the voucher run okay but the 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 money on on defeating the f- first universal voucher legislation in the nation was utah and and the way the uh the u e a got that defeated was getting something like two million dollars from the n e a flooding. The, our our advertisement saying, "Do you want your tax dollars going to send rich kids to private schools when, in fact, the most that a rich kid could get is two hundred dollars, whereas a kid in a in a poorly performing school in a poor neighborhood would get twenty five hundred dollars to help his parents pay for private school tuition?" So
0: let's so let's just say uh, now, based on what you've just said, you may have earned the Darth Vader. Sure. uh, moniker. Sure. I mean, I kind of, while you were telling the story, I, I
1: heard this. There's more, there's more reasons that, that I have the Darth Vader moniker. Uh, there, uh, let me just be really quick. Cause this could take some time. I was that legislator who was proud to oppose school breakfast by darn. We're feeding our kids. Stop, stop interfering with the role of the family. I, I Extended day kindergarten, I opposed. Uh, After school programs, I opposed. We're running our kids to soccer and music lessons. How dare you spend taxpayer dollars on that? And school psychologists and and early education before kindergarten. I, I opposed them all very effectively. And then Julie and I were in invited to be LDS volunteers at the Salt Lake Valley youth detention facility, where I saw the very kids that I had denied the things that my kids and Julie and I and our neighbors had all taken for granted. They, there are so many kids who don't, go to school having breakfast and therefore they don't have the blood glucose in their brains to do the, to provide the energy of, for learning. Uh, there are some kids who don't get the 30 million words that my kids got before they turned five. And so they need extended day kindergarten. So, there, so did some-
0: you, so you had a, an epiphany,
1: yeah, uh, in, I'll say. in, all, in was, all of those. It was guilt. Yeah. When, when I saw those kids and I'd look at their faces and we teach them Sunday school and then life skills on Tuesday and Wednesday evenings. And, and a lot of them would ask to meet with us personally and we'd hear their personal stories. And, and I would I would hear them talking about how they would go home after school to an empty house because their single mom was working two jobs. And they would wander the neighborhood and find belonging in gangs. Th- that I was denying them an after-school program to keep them out of gangs, and so I-, I would look into their faces, and I often wondered, "Are you here because of me?" And so I've changed on all of those issues, and I realize that true conservatives realize that the small amounts that these cost today are nothing compared to the social costs later on. Well, and just in the, and the, the human, the human costs, yeah, as the well, human yeah. costs, and and aces. Uh, adverse childhood experiences. A lot of these kids were being abused. These little, little tiny kids in in elementary school, and they didn't have a trained psychologist to help them work through so they didn't know who they could trust and so they were in their little cocoon just frozen in fear and so in my last session i sponsored the funding and legislation for school psychologists in elementary grades not for my kids or my grandkids but for those schools where these they are highly impacted with poverty and uh the, the kinds of things which that these is kids kind of an suffering. interesting metamorphosis actually because you
0: whether you knew it or not You, you were that kid or you saw that growing up yourself because you were raised by a single mom, but you, I forgot you, you've forgotten. And, and, uh, so, but, but, okay. Those things were added. Those probably gave you the, you know, the, the black cape and things, but the, but the real things that I think probably started you off as Darth Vader were the, uh, was was the voucher issue and taking away the paycheck protection. And charter schools. uh, And charter schools. Yeah, Yeah. school choice. And and you, I think
1: you've kind of, you've uh, evolved on charter schools somewhat. I have. I thought, I I believe Milton Friedman when he said we needed to have competition in the educational marketplace. But what I've come to realize is that the marketplace of schooling is not – the marketplace of learning. The marketplace of learning is student agency deciding whether to be engaged from moment to moment and whether they're getting that immediate interactive feedback while they're making the attempt in that learning process. That is the marketplace of learning. And that's what we need to address through computer-assisted instructional software, which personalizes learning for every child and interrupts, for example, rather than a child doing 30 algebra problems at home and turning it in the next day and getting red marks on it, telling them they're no good at math, now we have software So that, you saw my math papers then? <laughs> yeah. Now we have software <laughs> that will interrupt a kid mid problem and say, Let's review the distributed property or, or or that kind of thing and by virtue of completing your homework you get a hundred percent. By virtue of getting a hundred percent of your homework because you know the answers, you you learned it because of immediate interactive feedback. But when when did you when did you pick pick that
0: uh, Soar up and start championing championing that where was that along the way in your in your legislative career because I think that 's one of the things I believe you 're best known for and i I will tell you that that I have personal experience with this my my sister and brother in law they they took around and i believe it, I believe you were the person who got the funding uh, for this program when when over the summer, you could go and sign up, sign your child up for that uh, program. And it Mm -hmm. was one of the... It was, the, I think, Imagine Learnings uh, or, or the pre-K program. The pre-K program, it was the Upstart. Upstart. Pre-K that's program. what I'm looking yeah. for. The Upstart program. My brother-in-law and sister would go around to the the kids they knew from their assignment. They had at a, a local branch up in up in the uh, Park City Heber area, and they would help these people get signed up. Yeah. So their kids had. That that, before they entered school, which made just a huge difference to them.
1: Yeah, we uh, that started. And by the way, the the real nemesis or the real uh, genesis of this was during my educational psychology training uh, in my undergraduate work where I learned Piaget and Benjamin Bloom taught that anybody can be proficient in reading, writing, and math if they get immediate interactive feedback, which in their day could only be provided by a tutor. Right. But I knew that if we would provide this computer-assisted instructional software that would give that immediate interactive feedback mid-problem, you could... Uh, exponentiate the learning process and get every kid at grade level proficiency in a single academic year no matter how low they started and we've done it time and time again when teachers are willing to let go of the 19th century classroom and and embrace it so tell so, me
0: tell me who is the
1: um uh who created the upstart program that was legislation uh The Pew Charitable Trust brought the 11 states that didn't have a state-funded pre-K program to Big Sky, Montana. I was part of our team because uh, I was the chair of education and included the state superintendent and a whole bunch of other education-related people. And they convinced us that we needed a pre-K program, especially for those kids most at risk, low-income, minority, special ed, and English learners. And we decided that since we spend less per student than any state of the nation— We can't just add water to the soup by adding another grade to the K-13, uh, K-12 number. And so um, we decided to see if there's a home-based program online that could do it. And so we put the legislation out in uh, 2008, and it passed, and the teachers union sued trying to uh, negate it. And the Utah Supreme Court said, yeah, this is appropriate. We can do it. It was that ominous, omnibus education bill that they com- complained that uh, there's too many things in here. It's not one subject. It was all related to education. But, but what company? But what, was it a so, Utah so company? Yeah, it was a Utah company that got the bid, and we said you have to f- – focus on twice as many kids in these low-income minority special ed and immigrant categories as exist in the general population percent wise. And you have to provide a parent efficacy training once a week in the language of the parents. So you you have to do all that. And Waterford got the bid and it's been a, an amazing story since then. We now have uh 12, 13 years under our belt and we now see that even though head start for example the the advantages of that dissipate in the first year 5 years later these these kids who are on upstart in fourth grade are 20 25 points of proficiency higher than their than their cohort even though they had the same educational system. The only difference was what happened to them in their homes as four-year-olds. Let's say with it, Rusty and Rosie, I, the raccoon cartoon characters that walk them through their, their studies. According to my, according to my uh, sister, it's a game changer. It is. And in changer. fact, Ted Global has named it one of eight audacious ideas that can change the world. Really, and th- in Big Sky, Montana, this was a this was a uh, Hail Mary pass. I knew that it would work. But nobody else in the room knew what I believed about immediate interactive feedback. And so, but they were willing to do it and they supported the legislation and and we got it done. A couple of other big things were uh, something that Senator Bramble really helped with was the uh, software for immigrants. So that this kid who shows up not speaking a word of English now can put these headphones on and get English taught to them at their pace and it's just it's a game changer you know a few years after we did that our hispanic scores on the national assessment for educational progress which is the nation's report card i think our, our hispanic scores jumped like 2 or 3 points it's it's hard to get one point of proficiency change in in, in those in in a from one test to the next, but it it showed the biggest gains. I don't think there's ever been a subgroup cohort that's had that kind of a jump ever in the NAEP history. But we happened to get it in Utah because these kids were learning English. You can't succeed in the classroom if you can't understand the language of the classroom. And so uh, Senator Bramble and uh, Superintendent Patty Harrington helped to get that done. And then we got the Upstart program, which is now going nationwide. Uh, Ted Global has raised millions of dollars to put a pilot in every state. Wow. So that they can see what's happening. And I'm helping to, I was just down in New Mexico speaking to their school system. I'm, I'm traveling the nation now being an evangelist for digital teaching and learning of all types that works. Not just not just vendors, right. as, as I was accused of, but find out what works best and let the games begin. Let so, the competition do what it
0: does best. So I think people who will listen to this podcast will sense the the energy and excitement and I, I will just say uh, from a person who has been a student of watching the legislature and watching how these things roll out and move forward the only way this would have gotten done is to have somebody who was dogged about it and was not going to let it go and was going to continue to push and prod and and conjole because frankly Howard. Um, you know, people give up, they yeah. give up, they yeah. give up really, absolutely, really quickly when the arrows and the, and the darts start coming at them
1: and you didn't, you didn't do it. Well, I couldn't because I saw these kids floundering. We have two thirds of American kids who are below grade level in reading, writing, and math, two thirds. And that, that hasn't changed since the nation at risk report in 1983. I, I want to save America. That's all. I want to do that, and I think we can, as we as we uh, flood the nation with computer assisted instructional software that is employed in the classroom with fidelity. I was just talking to a superintendent. Oh, there! I was hoping. Fidelity. I was hoping
0: I'd get to hear you say the word to, fidelity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was just talking to a superintendent in New Mexico who, after hearing this, said how do we scale this for the state of New Mexico? Because New Mexico is, depending on which score you're looking at, third, fourth, or or lowest in the nation in student performance. Meanwhile, uh, Utah just, uh, Stanford did a study of nine years of student growth and showed that Utah is number three in the fastest student growth in the nation and the two States that were higher than us are so in far test scores. In, in test scores. Well, not in, just in, in numbers student of growth. students. We're talking about growth, student growth overall performance. We're, we're number yeah. three nationally, Arizona and Alaska are higher, but they are so far in the basement. You know, they they had nowhere to go, but up we're above the median. And as you know, statistics, if your tendency is toward the mean, Right. And so right. We're, we're above the mean already. And so it's harder to to make that growth. And yet we're doing it. And why are we doing it? Well, uh, the Education Commission of the States, I just got this message from Superintendent Dixon. She she said uh, we're getting the this award from Super from Education Commission of the States, the Frank Newman Award for Education Innovation. We're
0: not letting this out of the bag, are we? No, no, it's public information,
1: and uh, I wish we were. And and she (laughs) she was so kind. She said, "I want you to know, Senator. She still calls me that sometimes. uh, That you're going to get a shout out on this because you helped us achieve this. And and I have to. And what I said to her is, I realize the legislation is essential, but it's not sufficient. If we didn't have professionals in the state board of education who are passionate about this. They didn't used to be when I first was, was, Pushing these things, oh, they, kicking they, and they were, screaming, they were, they were yes. resistant, but they are just as excited about this as I am. I'm truly, as I talk to them, uh, I've just been talking to them uh, this last week, uh, and they are they are so excited about getting this software into the classroom and used with fidelity, which is meaning the right the, the right number of minutes per week for each kid and teachers taking the reports from the software and, and doing small group and one on one instruction where kids are still not getting it because the artificial intelligence isn't perfect but it is a lot better than a teacher standing in front of a class and spraying and praying that it will stick and I'm
0: just I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just read in the middle of a book called range uh, which which is a great book about how um, how people digest and are educated and how they deal with problems and is that Heath? Uh, yeah and 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 um, same thing, you know. Standing in front of a, a chalkboard, a yeah. blackboard, it just doesn't. It do, it's not needed because we have all this other technology that can be deployed. Okay, uh, Howard, this has been fascinating. Um, I keep my podcast. Uh, this could go on for hours. Um, I don't know if people could listen to it for hours, <laughs> but it could go on for hours. So, from from a person who uh, has children, cares about public education, thank you, thank you for being dogged about it. Thank you for growing and understanding that some of the some of the paradigms that you came into the legislature with you were able to shift and grow uh and and understand that that those things weren't the
1: things that were killing public education um well, but I'd, I'd love to come back and talk about reforming higher education and what we've done there so when you have time let me know okay we'll we'll do it this has been another edition of
0: stokes and folks and uh Please go download, subscribe, uh wherever you wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all of the uh um every every platform you can imagine. Stokes and folks is there. And go check out Utah Political Underground, UTPOL Underground. Uh it comes out every week, has some great features, and hopefully you'll listen to us again next week.